Well, hello there. Welcome to this special daily series of Right Now at the Writer's Colony. I'm Chad Gurley, Colony Coordinator at the Writer's Colony at Dairy Hollow in the historic arts village of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And I'm honored to host this podcast featuring writers, authors, poets, and artists from our community and across the nation. During this monumental time, the Writers' Colony at Dairy Hollow believes it's important to give voice to the writing community, to hear their thoughts and guidance, words of hope about this pandemic that we are all experiencing in different and unique ways. So again, welcome to Right Now at the Writers' Colony podcast. Let's see who we can get on the line. This call is being recorded. Hello? Hey, Chad. Hey, Wendy Reese Hartman, how are you? I am great, how are you? I'm good, it's so good to hear your voice. Likewise, I wish we were sitting, you know, six to 10 feet apart, having a cup of coffee, but you know. Wouldn't that be great? It's all good. I know. That would be awesome. It is good. So before we get started, uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about you and who you are. Uh, just a little bit, right? A lot. <laughs> I am Wendy Reese Hartman. Tell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. I have so many roles right now. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have been in the health and fitness industry for about 26 years and uh, about I guess it's almost 19 years now of teaching yoga and I am an author and I have a podcast and I am opening a brewery in Eureka Springs with my husband. Um, and I am now teaching almost all, well, not almost teaching all my classes online, which is an interesting learning curve. Um, so I feel like even at almost 50, I'll be 50 this year that my brain is still growing and expanding, and that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a wife and a daughter and a friend to me, but I am an only child. Okay, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and so in your book, the books that you've written are about um, wholeness and yoga and well-being. Is that correct? Correct. My first book um, was probably largely inspired by the show Sex in the City and Carrie Bradshaw's column made me start blogging because there would be conversations that would happen in my yoga classes uh, before and sometimes after that we just didn't ever get to finish or mm. they would spark other thoughts after I'd leave the class and there was so much more to say. and. As a child, um, for various reasons, I felt like I couldn't be heard. And so I think I started writing pretty young as a way just to have a voice. Kind of a really? survival yeah. mechanism for me. Yeah. And like so journaling, that, I guess? Mm, journaling and poetry and any, any kind of writing I could possibly do, I would do it. Okay. Um, notes really long notes to my friends. I, I hope none of those still exist, but I, if, they, if they do, I know the one person who would have them, uh, or two people actually, but yeah, I'd have these pages and pages and pages of notes that I'd write to my friends. But when I started my blog, 
I always knew that it would turn into something more of a book at some point. Mm -hmm. And it did. uh, But that is out of publication. And depending on how this year goes, it'll be the 20th anniversary, 20th, I think, something, 15th, something like that anniversary of that book. And I may, I may do a second version of it. But the other two, um, I wrote a book called Just Tell Me What to Do, A Guide to Becoming the True You, because I was coaching slash mentoring people, and they would always say that, just tell me what to do, Wendy, just tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that. Um, you got to figure this one out on your own, but I'll ask you better questions and show, give you some observations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the last book was something that I said I would never do. I said I would never write about yoga because – I don't feel, and even now, I don't feel that I am an expert on yoga. Um, but what happened was partially because of, of the coaching and mentoring, um, and partially because of what my master's degree is in, there's a huge component of trauma healing to it. Mm-hmm. I had started teaching my classes very differently than I was taught to teach, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And, yeah. and what I was looking at was people would come into a classroom and they'd be stressed out and they'd leave blissed out and they'd come back stressed out. And I thought, man, we're doing something right in this hour long time together, but it ain't sticking outside of this room. Yeah. I need to figure out as somebody who'd been a personal trainer and knew how to do sports specific workouts, how can I apply that knowledge to making the yoga specific to what you're facing in your daily life that's causing you so much stress. Mm-hmm. And so I started teaching in that way and, and realized that after I went through my 500-hour teacher training certification that it was time to put that on paper. And I did. Cool. And do you have any – what, what – um... Can you tell us a little bit about the book? Like, um, give us a little bit more of a preview into that. Sure. the The book is um, it's a tiny book, which was really intentional. Um, my original podcast uh, was called "The Whole Being Zone," and I'm so sorry to the author that I don't remember his name. This is part of menopause, so I don't remember names anymore. Um, <laughs> such a weird such a weird weird thing um but i i interviewed an author and he he was an older gentleman who made this really short book and i was so taken by the book that i thought okay if i ever write another book it's going to be really short because i'm tired of reading these books that have the same thing being said over and over and with a bunch of filler because i don't have time to read that and right. so i i intentionally made the book very short um, and it's broken into two parts, book one and book two. Book one is um, how basically the key components of, of Hatha Yoga, as I know it, strength, balance, flexibility, and surrender. Hmm. And so it, it talks about all of those both on and off the mat. And then in book two, it goes into more of the spirituality of my particular teaching, which is highly influenced by uh, Shaivite Tantrism. And I have heard mixed comments on the second half of the book. Some people really resonate and some people it doesn't at all. And that doesn't offend me 
in one bit because it's it's like religion. There are so many different religions and there's so many different expressions of spirituality that there's something for everybody mm-hmm. if they want it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is, uh, it, all, all I wanted to do was share my take on it. Right. And if it helped somebody, great. And if it didn't, that's okay too. Yeah. What is that? What, what, what did you say it was based on? Shaivate Tantrism. What is that? So Tantrism, Tantra, and uh, there's kind of two schools, classical yoga, which most people are really aware of because uh, if you're into yoga, because of the uh, Yoga Sutras is classical yoga. And, and it really is a lot about um, surrendering the ego and paring down everything. And, and I, I'm, I've never been really good at giving things up, um, especially as an only child. I don't like to share. Um, <laughs> but Tantra is a little different in that it says, well, okay, so classical yoga is you've got to get rid of all of this to become enlightened. And tantra yoga is more of God is everywhere. God is in the Mm. trees. God is in this table that's in front of me. God is in you. God is in me. And that felt so much richer for me that Mm. I really, I've always gravitated towards tantra. But in our advanced teacher training that I did, we were uh, encouraged to read this book on on Shaivate Tantrism, which is a, a sect of that Tantra philosophy. And basically, one of the things that it talks about is Shiva, which is the male aspect of, of the divine, and Shakti, which is the female, embodied as human to be able to experience the limitations. And it goes through all of the different ways that they experience it. And I talk a little bit about, I break this down on a really super basic level in my book, but they come down to experience being human um, so that they can expand consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that has been a, a, especially right now with uh, the pandemic that we're facing has been really helpful for me to look at is that Mm. um, there is, there is so much that we can be limited by and there is so much that we can choose to expand our love and the expressions of those love even in the times of limitation yeah yeah and and that we're all just here experiencing the limitations as divine infinite beings mm-hmm. yeah we just went really deep in like what 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> why do we always have that effect on each other i mean i, feel like I don't know man thought... your listeners are gonna go what the heck <laughs> i love it though i love it well so are you um so that's a real source of comfort i think for you right now is it it is and um you know it's hard not to think about death right now a lot um, because it's in our face everywhere we turn, it feels like. And knowing people who are fighting for their life right now really brings that home for me. Um, 
and just how vulnerable all of us are. And just following along with people in our community on Facebook, um, I can see the fear that's present. Mm -hmm. And so it would be easy to really get wrapped up in it. And I'm, I'm grateful that Dave and I have this brewery project happening right now because we're really the only two people in this building. Um, and it's, it's, every day we're we're working to move it forward. And so that gives me something to focus on. I'm not just sitting at home, spending all of my time reading the news or watching the news right. or getting wrapped right. up in Facebook. And it gives me um, a lot more space to be able to say, how can I be a positive light for the people in my life? How can mm-hmm. I continue to use my writing online to maybe help share a different perspective or share information in a way that's helpful and not fearful. Right. And that's, you know, I, we're all going to die. None of us are getting off this planet alive. I hope that COVID-19 isn't my, my way of going. I don't think it will be. Um, but damn, it sucks that it's, it's affecting our world in the way that it is. And it's also, God, there's so much positive that's come out of this too. It yeah. just, it's amazing to me every day what I see, just the the beauty and the humanity and the love that's coming out of this has just been incredible. And I'm I'm choosing not to focus solely on the limitations because there's plenty of those. But yeah. there's also such an expansion of consciousness right now that it's almost it feels like we are springboarding forward in a big way. A lot of it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Huge. I mean, huge. Which is it's awesome. A real, yeah. I call it, a come, it's a big, huge come to Jesus moment for the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, it is. in the sense of like, you know, if you have not woken up to the realities of the world, the limitations, as you said, the inequalities, the, you know, it's exposing a lot of of things that humanity has selfishly done that doesn't protect all of humanity. It's kind of, I feel like it's kind of, you know, it's uncovering stuff. Um, And it's, and I think that it's the way you look at it. You know, you can act in fear and be like, oh my gosh, you know, the the sky is falling. Or you can be like, okay, now we've got to figure out how can we move forward? What, you know, what positive actions we can make, especially in feeling so uncertain and, and without control, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause I think that, you know, a lot of people just feel like, Oh, well, they should be doing this or they should be doing that. And when it comes down to the end of the day, I just have to say, well, what can I do in a positive way? That's not going to be that I'm not criticizing, but I'm more, you know, trying to provide uh, some hope and some, yeah, some positivity in the world. Um, Well, I mean, it's a big reset button on a lot of things. And, you know, up until until last Friday, there were a whole lot of people who were really, and I don't care what your politics are. I don't, I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody. I'm not, I just want to point out an observation. There were a whole lot of people who were really, really, really against Bernie Sanders and his ideals. And all of a sudden, in one swift signature, 
we are all taking advantage of that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. And, you know, the the scientists were saying we got about eight years until we have irreversible damage. And then all of a sudden in what, it's only April 2nd, we suddenly don't have smog in L.A. There's all all of these things that have been creating such an enormous environmental issue. They've been paused. Yeah. And so it's it's really fascinating to watch like, OK, we've had a reset. Do we want to go back to where we were or do we want to look for new, innovative, creative options based on what we know now that we can survive in a different way because we are surviving in that different way? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's so powerful, powerful stuff. I hope people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in your me book, too. just tell in your book, just tell me what to do. What did you um what did you tell people to do? What was the the um the crux of that that one? The crux of that one is to be courageously honest with yourself, which is one mm. of the hardest things that any of us have to do if we really want to change. Yeah. And when you see the same pattern happening over and over again, maybe the problem isn't outside of you. Maybe mm. it's inside of you. And that's where that courageous honesty really comes into play. Yeah. So asking a lot of questions and figuring out how to love yourself is a big part of that. because. Yeah. And when you're in that self-loathing, it's sure hard to be introspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you just feel so much shame or guilt or, or what, you know, well, shame that you just can't get out of the, the shame spiral enough to, to give, your, give yourself love. Yeah. I just, uh, so last year I was very fortunate. My, the Alchemy of Yoga was chosen to be one of the independent authors, uh, selected for Books in Bloom, which is a big oh, literary yeah. festival, uh, here in Eureka Springs. And once I was chosen, I thought, oh, I need to go in because I, I hadn't updated my covers to have my married name on it. So as I was doing that, I was like, oh, Maybe I ought to go in and fix all of the typos or like, you know, little, little things that <laughs> all of us self-published authors somehow managed to miss. And so I, I updated the, um, I had the full intention of completely updating that book. And what was interesting was as I was reading it to proof it, I was thinking, wow, that's, that's really good. I wrote that because it had been so long and I'd <laughs> forgotten what I'd written. And I, and I ended up just doing very, very little revision of it because I thought, Man, this is, this is still really solid stuff and I still stand by it. And yeah. it ended up being just really minimal grammatical or typo errors that had gotten overlooked by the many, many editors that I had looking at it. And so, um, it has been a year since I looked at the book in all honesty. Um, but it, it did, it does talk a lot about trauma healing. It does talk a lot about forgiveness and 
that introspection and that courageous honesty. And I think it's a, if you're somebody who is wanting to change and wanting to make some positive changes in your life, it's a great, it's a great manual um, or resource book is what I would say. It's, it's not light reading, and if you're not interested in doing the work, don't read it. But if right. you're in a place where you are, it's a it's a good good set of questions. Yeah. Well, and this is a good time too. It would seem because we're sure. whether whether we want or not, we're all kind of in this introspective mo- you know mode. Sure. Well, so do you do, so you do yoga class every day on YouTube? <laughs> I don't. Or, okay. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm very busted right now. Um, I, <laughs> do you do yoga every day though? So I don't, and I never have. Um, okay. yeah. Partially because I don't like, and I never have liked exercising by myself. Mm. Um, but even with, I think yoga is even more of that. I love, I love doing yoga in a class. Mm-hmm. And since I left the Northeast about two years ago, I just haven't found an instructor that resonates with me in the way that the teachers that I had in New York City and in Vermont did. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the silver linings of this dumb pandemic that we're in is that both of those teachers are now teaching online and I get to take yoga with them again. I'm going to start crying as I say this because it has allowed me to start practicing and I had no idea how badly I needed that and I needed them as a teacher for this long. I I think it's hard. And I've heard other teachers say this, you know, it's it's tough when you've got to have somebody who's better than you at the teaching to really feel that inspiration. Because when you get into a class and, and that teacher doesn't have the same experience or just isn't resonating, your teacher brain clicks on and it's hard to turn that off. Right. Um, So it's been, amazing to get to sit in on these classes and to move again and to feel how tight my old body's getting. <laughs> and yeah. And I think it's been it's been great. The other thing is that now I'm having to do all of my classes virtually that I've been teaching at our community center here in Eureka Springs. And I'm doing two videos a week and two live stream three videos a week and two live streams a week. So five classes a week that before I didn't do that much with them because I'm watching them and correcting them and timing things and whatever it takes. Now I have to do every rep of every exercise with them <laughs> to make these. And I'm like, damn, I am sore all the time. Plus all the stuff that we're still doing here at the brewery. I'm like, hey, right? I'm, the I'm like, hey, other silver lining of this is I've lost five pounds. Awesome. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that in menopause, but I am. Yay. So I don't know. I I kind of have to just find humor in it all. But I yeah. I do meditate every day. Um, and that has been a practice that I've done for several years now. 
Um, every morning when I wake up, I get a glass of water, fix my coffee, go upstairs, and I meditate. And this year I started, um, I finished my, my podcast. Let me back up. My podcast is based on A Course in Miracles. And so I have been doing it along with the book, and I finished the book last year. And so I ended up getting um, Marianne Williamson's uh 365 days of miracles or something like that so i read that every morning along with my meditation um and then i plan my day out and then usually exercise or go to class or uh what start the day basically and and i think that for me that's imperative because on the days that i don't do that for whatever reason i'm not as focused i'm not as nice and sometimes I'm mm. still not very nice. Especially <laughs> the only person that you get to see 24-7 is your significant other. And I love him deeply. But, man, it's good for <laughs> How long do you meditate? Uh, I, not very long. Usually about 10, 15 minutes. It kind of okay. depends. I am an instructor on Insight Timer. And I use their app. And I love oh, it. Oh, okay. It is such okay. a great app. Um, so... Every day, there's about 10 uh, meditations that have been highlighted, and, and typically, I'll pick one of those, but I decided for the month of April, I have all of these that I bookmark, and I'm just going to make my way through all of them before I do okay, any new cool. ones. So what's kind what's of the app fun. called? Yeah. Insight Timer. Insight Timer. Oh, and cool. you, they have a free version of it, and they have a paid version, and and. Honestly, if you have the resources and you can do the paid version, do it because they have these really cool courses on there and they have courses from some of the best teachers like Tara Brock and Jack Kornfeld and just some amazing, amazing instructors. And they're 10 day courses that is included in your app. So cool. Okay. There's music, there's lots of stuff for sleep if you have a problem going to sleep or if you're somebody who goes to sleep but then you wake up and you're kind of in that i can't get back to sleep there's lots and lots of meditations in there for sleep it's and they have all they have kids meditations it's such a good um even if i weren't an instructor on there i would be talking them up because it's such a good app yeah that's great okay i'm definitely gonna have to check that out um i was gonna ask you about your podcast now you have do you have two podcasts or just one? Just one. So I had done Whole Being Zone for a long time until I moved to um, Eureka Springs. And it was a, a longer format interview. Um, and it just was a lot of work. And I'd done it for two or three years and I was tired. I'd done, I want to say, 150 episodes. Wow. Um, and it was a lot of work. Yeah, a lot, a lot of work. And about the same time that I was starting to get pretty worn out of it, um, the app Anchor came out. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's such a great little app. Um, and I could record it on my phone. I could do a short little podcast. And that's really what I wanted was just something that's kind of a daily or weekly 10-minute insight um, inspiration, motivation based on A Course in Miracles. Mm. And so I worked mm. my way through the workbook of A Course in Miracles and um, 
now season two is in the the very back. It's called the teacher section in A Course in Miracles. But <laughs> this week, when I went to read what the lesson was, I knew it wasn't right for the time that we're living in. Oh, so, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought, man, if I, if I tell my listeners what this says, they're never going to listen again because it, it this <laughs> is, I, I, I believe what it says and I, and I think it's true. Um, but it's not what people needed to hear right now. Okay, and yeah. I really wanted to be able to speak to that. And so I pivoted and, um, the title is called embracing the what if. Mm-hmm. And, because I just keep hearing all, and and my husband really inspired this one because he does this. Well, what if what if things don't go back the way they were going to? Or what if what if we open and nobody can come to our brewery? Or what if I'm like, I can't take the what ifs anymore? <laughs> none of us know. I know, and right? That's yeah. the thing is, none of us know. And you know what? None of us ever have known. Yeah. But now we're all seeing that none of us know and so we're all in the same unknowing together and and i've written a couple of things on my my facebook uh page that were kind of quasi poetry and i i incorporated those into it as well cool but yeah it's it's just a short little podcast i think it's on 20 different outlets now including spotify and apple what's What's that what's it called Mindfulness Miracles. Mindfulness Miracles. Okay, cool. Do you ever feel like, do you, sometimes, sometimes I have problems with just self-confidence and there are days that I'm like, ooh, I'm got, I got it going on. And then there are other days that I'm like, what, <laughs> the, who am I? You know, I'm, I, do you ever, uh, are there days that the you time. feel like an imposter? Oh my even, God, yes. Yeah, okay. That's normal. Yeah. So, everybody. <laughs> okay. So I, I've never been diagnosed dyslexic and I, but I, I do, if there is a spectrum of it, I have often wondered if I am on that spectrum because when I'm really tired or when I'm really stressed, I'll notice that I transpose letters when I'm writing mm-hmm. and I'm really nervous about my ability to write. I think writing, um, one of the greatest gifts that these two books have given me, the um, Just Tell Me What to Do in Alchemy of Yoga, because I had editors that worked with me on them, is Mm -hmm. that it made me realize how much I write the way that I speak, and oftentimes I speak backwards. So. I put words in my sentence a little bit. Um, it's just not grammatically correct. And now I can see it when I'm writing. If I'm if I'm going slow enough, I can see it and I can fix it. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's not the kind of thing that anybody would know unless I told them. Right. And right. nobody knows how damn hard it is to put together these virtual classes. They don't know that every day I'm flailing to figure it out. Nobody knows every day we're flailing to figure out what are we supposed to be doing right now? How do we, right. make these, especially, 
especially now we have no clue what's going to happen. And it's, it's really scary to be trying to keep two businesses going in, in this current environment. And so I feel like some days I won and some days I go, Oh God, I hope tomorrow's better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yesterday was one of those days, like everything went wrong when it came to live streaming my exercise class. And I just thought, man, I'm going to, I'm going to let it go because I can't change it or fix it. But tomorrow I've learned my lessons on the the mistakes I made and they were my fault. And I, I know how to do it better tomorrow. So I'm going to do it better tomorrow. And today actually was better. So yeah. And and you gave yourself a break. Some days you win. Yeah. Some days you you win, some days you don't. Right. I can't worry about this or focus on what went wrong as much as I can just try to do something different or better next day. Or, you know, and then a lot of it's too mood. I mean, this, I, yeah. I've been surprised at how much of an emotional roller coaster I've been on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of, I mean, there's times when I'm just like happy and laughing and having a good time with, you know, talking to people and catching up. And then there are times when just the enormity of the pandemic mm-hmm. and thinking about those that I love and I'll just break into tears, you know? So, um, sure. so mood, mood too, I think kind of affects that feeling of, uh, am I an imposter? Yeah. Am I a real person? Am I, do I have something to offer? You know, that kind of business. I want to. So imposter syndrome is a really, really big one. And I, and I have worked on it for a very long time. And so I want to share something with our listeners about that, that I think is really, really important. Trail guides. um, You know, if you, if you're going to the Himalayas or you're, you're going hiking and you have a trail guide, Mm -hmm. they don't have to know every trail in the world and they don't have to know every detail about every trail in the world. They just have to know about that trail that you're on and they have to know how to get you from point A to point B. All of us have a knowledge of point A to point B and whatever that is in our, our will well right now, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know what you know and be willing to share that as a gift. Yeah. And if you're willing to just say, Hey, I've already been down this path. Follow me. I know how to get you there. That's all you got to do. You don't have to say, but I can fix everything in your world. And I am the expert on everything. Eh, forget that. <laughs> Let that go. Because yeah. None of us are that good. But if you, if you're willing to just say, okay, I know this and I'm, and I'm, I'm confident enough to share this information, then that imposter syndrome almost instantly goes away. Yeah. And for you, Mr. Chad, I'm going to turn the tables on you just a little bit here. We're going to get personal here. We're going to go to church. I know know that you have such an amazing background, and, and you have your master's in divinity, and you have so much wisdom to share. What do you think it is that holds you back from sharing that wisdom with with the world around you right now? Um, 
Well, I first off, I'm I. It's hard for me to admit that I have wisdom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, because I just think, but you know, Wendy, we're all just so unique human beings. We're just so unique. I mean, that's what's interesting about this pandemic is that we're all going through it, but we, but because each human being is so unique, we're going through it in very different and unique ways if that makes sense. Yeah. So, sure. Um so I know I know what I think and I and I'm able to share my opinion, but I also don't want to um well kind of like what what we have talked about. I don't want to say I have all the answers because I don't, you know. But like you said, if you know, if there's a way of just, you know, getting out information that are, you know, that helps people or, you know, brings about love and hope, then then I'm all for it. I, I will sing that from the rooftops for sure. Um, sure. But yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, the whole imposter question comes up a lot with writers, and especially those who self-publish, I've found, that they feel like they're not the real deal or something. And I just, I, and I, and I, I understand that, and I feel it too, but then I also want to push back on it too, because I've read some just incredible incredible books that have been self-published that i'm like no you're a writer <laughs> you are a writer you know or or no you really are a poet you you can own that and it's sure. only been here in eureka springs that i've been able to just open up and say chad you're an artist and just own it you know and it's not i mean it's not i love it maybe not a traditional artist or a painter or whatever but there is an I have to own the artistic spirit within me um, rather than try sure. to play to the to the world's games or, or what have you. And that's been really liberating. And that's that that's what I is that's what I find so magical about Eureka Springs is that yeah, it's one place that I actually and you know, New York, you can be, you know, whoever you want to be, of course, but this was, you know, being here is like I can be authentic. I can be really authentic. So Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's funny. The, the, the year that I spent in New York City, I felt like I was probably one of the only authentic people there. And I felt like I will never fit in because of that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, New York City is just its own little bubble of uniqueness, I guess. I'll put it that way. Yeah. But it yeah. is a, uh, you know, here I feel like, I can be me, truly, truly, truly me. And, you know, people will either like it or they won't. And right. if they don't like it, they're polite enough to not hang around you, which is okay. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think most, uh, most uh, it, it takes a lot to, as a self-published, because I think my first couple books, I was, I felt that insecurity too. It is really, really, really hard to be published. Unbelievably hard. Yeah. And I yeah. know all of your listeners right now can be nodding their head on that. And wouldn't it be nice if we all were? So I think the platform of being able to be self-published is great. I, I think there's probably not enough 
self-published authors who are investing in a good both content and copywriting editor mm-hmm. to to help that story be even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because you self-publish, you're an author. Right. You know, you record a song, you're a singer, you make a film, you're a filmmaker. Right. It doesn't matter right. where it is. Own who you are and what you are and what you do. And if you love writing, write on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, this has I been a wonderful like I just talk. Don't have a... Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Go Thank ahead. You what so were you going to say? Chad. You don't feel like I you have I I don't feel like I have a choice not to write. I never have. Yeah. yeah. And even as I have done my own interpersonal work and found the way the ability to communicate my feelings and and feeling that those feelings are worthy mm-hmm. and feeling that I'm safe enough to communicate them. Yeah, because it takes a lot of vulnerability. Yeah, I still will always default to my writing Mm -hmm. because it is the safest place for me. And especially in times like right now, I have been writing a lot more, not Mm -hmm. because I don't feel safe to speak, but because it's a default for me and it, it helps me so much to be able to write. So even if you happen to be listening to this and you don't consider yourself an author, I highly recommend sitting down with pen and paper or your computer and some kind of, of, of program that you can write and get those words out of you because when they are inside, they can grow to be the big scary monster in the closet or under the bed that yeah. that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that will do more harm than good. Consider it a mental health exercise to write down those fears. And then if you don't want anybody to see them, go burn them or yeah. flush them down the toilet or whatever the case may be. But get it out of you because it is it is an exercise of mental health as much as sometimes you find there's wisdom that's waiting to come out of you, but you, for whatever reason, weren't quiet enough to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that has been a, a gift of the writing too, is to see some wisdom that I think, Ooh, that is not, I, I don't know where that's coming from. I, I don't recognize it as my voice. It must be something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's, that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much. I, I you inspired me. Thank I want to write you a note. I want to, you know, oh, I, I feel like I, I feel like I want to be back in high school or not high school or junior high, and you know, write you a note and then fold it up into those cool little ways that we used to fold notes and pass them to each other. <laughs> Did you do that? Well, you know what? I will. I'll tell you my address, and you can put it in my mailbox, and then I'll write you one, and I'll come put it in your mailbox. We will be gloved, and if you're listening, <laughs> and, we'll, and we will keep our social distancing, and it'll be fun. I love it. Yeah, hey, hey how great. about we challenge our listeners to this? Write somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe it's an old friend. Write them a note and send it to them. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that's a great idea. And you can even put the uh, the little line at the bottom. Do you love me? Check yes or no. Just kidding. You don't have to go that far. <laughs> It'll be fun. And it would che- really cheer somebody up. So yeah, let's use our yeah. words, y'all. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. I will talk to you again. Thank you, I really appreciate you being here. And um, yeah, have a good rest of your day. It's beautiful here. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today for Right Now at the Writer's Colony. I'm Chad Gurley, your host and colony coordinator at the Writer's Colony at Dairy Hollow. To find out more about the Writer's Colony, visit writerscolony.org. That's writerscolony.org. Until tomorrow, stay safe, be well, and write on.